listening to The Adjacent Self, brought to you by the Conscious Leadership Academy at the University of San Diego. We're your hosts, Kendra and Libby, and we're going to help you explore how to step into the best version of you. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Libby. Good morning, Kendra. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. That's awesome. Well, we are back with another episode of The Adjacent Self, and I'm very excited today. We have Risha Kralovic-Logan here joining us. She is the founder of Women's Woven Voices, and we're going to have a really great conversation about what she's doing right now and the work she's doing with women and her community. But before we get into that, we're going to do our one word. So, Libby, would you like me to go first? Yes, please. I think that my word today is anticipating. I'm just, there's a lot of things on the horizon, like good uh, things. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm just like ready for things to get started professionally for me. So, I think that's how I've been for the past few weeks, but (laughs) what about you, Libby? I kind of feel, I mean, gosh, anticipation is a great word too, but I think for me, I'm very contemplative lately. Like just really, again, I also have like, I mean, gosh, we both, we could share with our, with our audience that we both got job offers on the same day within an hour of each other. I called Kendra and I was like, I just got a job offer. And we were like talking about it. And she goes, Oh wait, San Diego's calling. And she comes back and she says, I just got a job offer. (laughs) It was so magical for it It to happen like that. (laughs) But yeah, we both have like really cool things coming up. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I just feel like I have a little bit of a break between now and when I start my job. Mm-hmm. So just kind of being able to kind of simmer in that feeling for a little bit and, and get ready for it. I just feel kind of ready to like, I don't know, my doors are creaking open. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Frisha, we would love for you to share if you have a word that you're coming into the space with today with our audience. I would love to. My word for today is flexible. Mm-hmm. and that, you know, kind of creativity and flexibility kind of go together. But our water heater has been broken for three days. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So I have to be really flexible. But yeah, good thing I I can heat up water in the microwave. So I've been doing. Yeah, Yeah, you definitely got to be flexible with no hot water. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope that gets fixed for you soon because I've definitely had that happen in our house and it wasn't fun, but it does teach you how to be like creative. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's jump into our discussion. Brisha, we're so excited to have you. And we I mentioned that you founded Women's Woven Voices, but our listeners might be curious as to what that is. And you have this beautiful tapestry I wish people could see sitting behind you of all these colors and patterns and prints. So can you go ahead and talk about how you got your start and, and what Women's Woven Voices is doing and what that is for us? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Kendra and Libby. I'm so happy to be here with you and just treasure our connection through USD. I absolutely loved meeting you when we were sharing, creating the She Experience. 
and yeah. women's woven voices got to be a part of that. So basically I, the project, I, I'm a, an artist. I work mostly with fiber and textiles, not exclusively, but that's kind of been my, my medium for the last few decades. And a couple of years ago, I founded this project. It's called the Women's Woven Voices Project. Uh, it's an international art collaboration, and it supports women's empowering themselves through writing, weaving, and sharing their stories. And it seems like, you know, every group or circle gathering I'm in, you know, people are just talking about how important stories are. Right now, voice is just very important for women and for you know, so many things going on in the world, for people to, you know, really to bring their their self forward and to be yeah. able to share what it is that that they want to grow in the world, you know, so people can thrive and uh, we can all live together compassionately. So, so that's kind of the basic message of the project. Like I said, there's three components: there's the writing, weaving, and then sharing of the stories. Maybe if I kind of tell the backstory of like how how the where the project came from or you know why why I'm doing it, then I'll kind of tell you a little bit more about the the you know the parts of the project. So yeah, that's um, perfect. That was going to be my next question anyway. So okay. all right, that's perfect. Yeah. So this all started about three years ago. Well, now it's going on four years. Well, yeah, three and a half years ago. I was producing a women's conference, not, you know, sort of like the She Experience, but I was living up in Washington and we were celebrating the United Nations International Women's Day, which is March 8th every year. And we put together a a day, what we thought would be really inspiring for the uh, regional women there. And we invited some uh, speakers. So we kind of looked around to see who was shining their light brightly. And, you know, there was women who were writing books or doing community organization things or, you know, just stuff that we thought, you're cool, you know, come and come and, you know, share a story with us. Tell us who you are and, and you know, just how did you get to be somebody that is worth listening to and hearing about, right? Anyway, so the, the speakers came, the conference was incredible, but at the end of the day, the sixth speaker said, hey, obviously a theme has really developed throughout the day because five out of six of the speakers spoke about being sexually abused as a part of their life journey. And she was saying to the audience of 300 women, you know, this is just so prevalent, you know, and and everyone was, you know, so inspired by the courage that those women had to share, you know, that part of their story. And so she asked the audience, you know, if you've been affected in any way by some kind of sexual abuse, you know, and you want to, you know, you don't have to stand up. And so, you know, I'm just sitting in this room, 300 women and, and everybody just rises up. Right. And it just, you know, my whole body just had a physical reaction to that. And it's not surprising. We hear these statistics all of the time, right. Don't we. And yet to just have these women you know, tell their story and then to just be surrounded by women and to just realize that we're celebrating International Women's Day, but there is just so much work that still needs to be done, you know? So it was kind of a me too moment. Yeah. Uh, and as an artist, I was really in a place where I I really wanted my artistic energy to be serving what it was that I wanted to be 
growing in the world, which is, you know, compassion and thriving for everyone. And so I thought, okay, this is it. I really want to do something big. And fortunately, I, I have been surrounded by other inspiring artists who have gone big. I have a good friend who does an international peace project. And I've met other artists who have also just created some kind of a project that could really engage a lot of people. So, so I thought, okay, good. I'm going to get a thousand women from around the globe to think about their life story and write about it, weave it. And we're going to, I'm going to create a tapestry that is going to be an art piece that shows the, what women, what women's stories could look like in, you know, in community, right. Mm. To stitch together and the, you know, the metaphors of weaving and the, the whole process of it. So, so that was the, that was the birth of it. And then uh, I was in Washington. I moved down to San Diego and uh, I kind of just launched it, which was really great. So the mission, you know, is, is in the face of, you know, gender inequity, sexual abuse, violence, gender violence around the world, which we know, you know, women are experiencing. Mm-hmm. How do we bring forth the creativity, the power, the courage, the strength, the, you know, the, the beauty and the compassion to foster, you know, open communication and mutual respect and create a thriving situation for everyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, I get really passionate when I, when I, I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> so well, let's circle back around. So actually, so Libby, you have participated in the project, right? I have. Yes. So, you know, I said it had, there was writing, weaving, and sharing, and I know that you did the weaving, and you were so kind. You did a sharing with us, a, a Facebook sharing. I can't remember if you wrote anything. Did you write anything? I haven't written anything yet, but I want to, and I will. So I will get that over to you soon. I promise. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, it's really just the tools. I mean, I wanted to create a way that, you know, that women could really use all, you know, just a very, a very whole approach. And I've just been a journaler for years, decades. And I just find that, you know, old fashioned, just pen and paper, writing things out. It's a really great way to process and it gives you, you know, it slows you down and it gives you a way to kind of connect. But it is still very, uh, we're going to still go with the two sides of the brain, you know, but it still is very linear and language oriented. Then yeah. the weaving is, you know, this, this, art process where you have you know the color and the texture and the rhythmic movement it I believe that it can be very healing because yeah and the feedback that I've gotten from people too I mean what do you want to share your yeah yeah I mean so we started it (laughs) when you came over with the kits to Lori's house Uh and helped us all make our like little hand weaving Um, looms yeah it was was so and I never had thought like I could weave without an actual like big loom that I had to go buy you know but (laughs) you're like no we're gonna string straws and and yarn and pony beans and we're gonna make these little looms that you hold in your hand and we started then and kind of got the rhythm of it and of course that night I couldn't finish my whole piece so I ended up taking it with me and I would sit at work while I was on the phone with people because I was I was coaching at the time and so I would like weave while I was coaching and it was so meditative 
and rhythmic, you know, is this process of kind of just sort of doing the same thing over and over again and really thinking about, I did two colors on mine. I did like a blue kind of ocean looking color. It was like blue with like browns mixed in with it. And then I did another color that was a lot of different colors of pink. And so for me, I was really thinking about the blue kind of represented me and the pinks represented all the other women in my life who have supported me throughout my journey. And so when I was thinking about like, here's my piece, like this is me. And then now it's time to add in another, the pink color and and add in these women. And so it just kind of let me think about what is my story and how did I get to where I am and, and sort of what story do I have to tell? And it was, it was very cathartic and very meditative and contemplative. It was wonderful. Yeah. I, I love hearing, I, I remember you sharing that and that theme comes up a lot. You know, women weave, they'll weave something, you know, for their, in honor of their mother. And actually um, I'm just going to do a little plug because I'm going to be doing a free weaving circle, just a zoom circle um, called honoring your mother in May. Oh, I love that. If um, if we share, you know, women's www.womenswomenvoices.com, the workshop's already up there and it's just an opportunity for people to spend a little time, you know, in weaving a, a story cloth that there may be just whether your mom's alive or not alive, whether you, had a really loving relationship or whether some healing needs to take place around that. It's just a really nice uh, way, I think, to sit with that a little bit. It just seems to have a really incredible way of connecting you to your, to your heart and your soul. And, mm-hmm. and so I, now I'm just going to, this just popped into my head because I just finished reading my grandmother's hands, which, yes. and in it, the author, I, w- I would say Rizma Menachem. She talks about clean pain and dirty pain. And it j- I just made this connection really literally this morning. I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, when you're doing the, the weaving and even some of the writing, it's, it's a process that gets you connected physically, you know, calmed down. And he recommends things like humming and really tuning into your body you know, as ways of healing through pain. And yeah. I was like, well, no wonder the weaving really does. People constantly tell me, oh, it felt like it was really healing. You know, it, it just calms your body mm-hmm. right down and it connects you. I think whole, the whole thing, <laughs> everything gets connected, head, heart, hand. Yeah. 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 I could absolutely see for like from a mental health worker standpoint, doing an active practice like this with a client who's going through and addressing trauma that they face just thinking about like talking about my own trauma before within therapy or in group sessions and like the uncomfortability of having to make eye contact because of the shame and all those feelings that come with that and then having to look at people look at you and there's something in that where you are more connected physically to yourself and being able to share your story could be very healing for people as they're putting together their story cloth. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, some people, so I leave it really wide open Uh, on the website. I have writing prompts. So they're just there to help people, you know, if they want to, otherwise they can, you know, write, they don't need to look at it, but I just ask people like, what is your greatest accomplishment and what makes you feel whole and what, 
challenges have you faced? And then like, what strengths did you bring to getting over those obstacles or those challenges? You know, that's the kind of thing that I, I think when you think about those things, you know, those can lead to insights and Mm -hmm. reframing of your life story and have you take a look at, you know, all that you've accomplished and, and really where your strengths Mm -hmm. lie, you know, that's so, but some people like to do the, the uh, kind of like a storyline, like, okay, I, you know, I was born here and then this happened and that happened and that happened. And, you know, they can read the story class just right. You're looking at it right now. And so you can tell your listeners that it's a completely abstract art, right? Yeah. (laughs) You can't tell, although people have put embellishments on lots of different embellishments on to tell their story. For example, this woman, I'm looking at one right now. She has these little faces. This is her family. There's a face here that represents her mother who died when she was very young. And she's alternating between mostly brown and then some bright pink Mm. and a little fuzzy blue. And she told me that she just had, she was really thinking about her challenges. And so there were health challenges, of course, the loss of her mother. She had a divorce. She had cancer. And so she has all these little sections of brown and then this, this bright pink in between just saying her creativity and her, you know, her optimism after each section of challenge. Uh, and she's got this wonderful little mermaid here. And it's really whimsical and it goes all the way up to the top and the top says happiness and wings. There's some wings. And when she first told me the story, she said that the brown, was like a caca. <laughs> a lot of caca in my life, you know. And then she she wrote her story. And when she wrote her story, she said, Oh wow, I realized that all of that brown was compost for the amazing things in my life. Wow. And I really love that. You know, don't you, I mean, you don't you just yeah. think, wow. So here's this person. I mean, obviously she's had all these experiences, but it was a lovely aha that she shared that, you know, if she had really been thinking of it as the, you know, the not good, but, but changing it to the idea that it really was the compost. I think it, she, she felt lifted up by that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that reframing too. And just thinking yeah. like, you're going to have bad times in your life. You're going to have things that happen that you wish didn't happen. I think that nobody gets away with, you know, with having the perfect life with nothing bad happens, but to think of it as, you know, the, the compost that you then use to fertilize the rest of your good opportunities and Mm -hmm. bountiful times in your life. That's beautiful. The natural cycle, you know, I mean, you're right. Everybody has bad things in their life. You know, the death, birth, and rebirth cycle is the natural cycle for all of us. You know, nobody, you can't, you can't just keep breathing in. <laughs> you know, you no. Yeah. So I had a question. I know, I think I saw it on your website when I looked, can you talk about there's some fringe hanging down at the bottom of the, of the tapestry and is the meaning behind that? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So you know, my part as the artist activist is to, is people weave their story cloth uh, and then they give them to me and then I stitch them together to create this tapestry. And the tapestry is meant to be exhibited and it has been exhibited really widely. And uh, quite honestly, this last 
year, a lot of people have seen the tapestry. Most recently, I had a booth at the virtual forum for the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women that happens every year. It was my goal, really, was to share the tapestry. And normally, you'd have to travel to New York to, you know, to be a part of that. And this year, it was all virtual. So Hundreds of people actually came through my virtual booth and got to see uh, Women's Women Voices Tapestry. So back to the, so my job is to stitch them all together. And then what I do is I put, I put uh, the red fringe on three out of every four. So I don't know if you can see there, there's, there's some that don't have it. So Mm -hmm. that was a, that was a statistic, a world health statistic that I had encountered of the uh, number of women in the world who experience some kind of abuse, mm. whether it's sexual abuse or even just gender equity. Now, I know recently they published something that said one, one in three or something like that. But, but the numbers, I mean, it's really, it's really just if, if, some, if one woman is experiencing something traumatic and abusive, then everyone is. But it is, it does call people's attention when, when it's being exhibited. You know, I talk about that. So actually, so a couple of things. So it really helps tie the whole art piece together. Mm-hmm. And then it also becomes a part of the conversation. Right. And also, um, I do want to say that there's many, many, many women have participated and shared their stories who shared that they've had really beautiful lives and really wonderful relationships. And not that they haven't had challenges, because there's many challenges in our life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, perhaps a, a divorce or the death of a parent or death of, death of a child or, you know, mm-hmm. any, whatever, you know, whatever. Some people have asked me, oh, is it just about sexual abuse? It's no, this is about telling your story mm-hmm. and just adding your energy to the collective mission of promoting compassion. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, so not everyone has the red fringe coming, you know, coming off the bottom because, mm-hmm. Um, people can participate and tell their story. It doesn't have it doesn't have to involve abuse. And also, men are invited to share as long as they have they're aligned with the mission. I encourage them to to share. I do want to just say right now because this made me think about it. From the beginning of the project, I've had wonderful partnerships. So one of the first partnerships was with USD, where the tapestry was on display at She Experience, which was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another partnership that I have is with the Charter for Compassion. And this year, the women and girls sector has started an initiative to focus on what we call a partnership for a safe and sacred now, which is our way of saying we don't want patriarchal domination. We don't want abuse and inequity. We want every human being to be valued and we want it now. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's kind of our response to the many, many, many incredible organizations that are addressing abuse for women. We just wanted to switch the language around. I think it's Mother Teresa who said that she would never she would never go to a war protest. She would just go to a peace march. Mm-hmm. So I'm partnering with them and I have another really fabulous partnership with Front Porch, which is an organization that has senior communities. And so this year, 400 seniors who are either in independent living, assisted living, or memory care, their families and their caregivers are all creating story cloths 
and uh, stitching them all together. We're going to have an exhibit in Carlsbad in November. Uh, It's a really beautiful project because they meet once a week to share their stories and to interact and to do the weaving. And uh, that's been really beautiful. And I also was able to partner with a local art museum and we've reached out to the Girl Scouts and Girls Inc. to get them involved. So very, very intergenerational. I love that. Yeah. In my former job, I worked with senior citizens and uh, I worked at a couple 55 and older apartments and I was the events planner on the property. And we did a lot of crafting. They loved crafting. And I'm you hearing you say that, I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have met you before, Brisha, because they would have loved to do this. And as we would craft, we would do, you know, different things for fall and spring and winter and whatever. And it brings up the memory of them sharing their life stories. And, you know, they'd gone through divorces and lost children and lost parents and like so much just wisdom that I was really blessed over like the course of four or five years to get from all these grandmas that like adopted <laughs> me and like shared so much and, and loved on me. And I got to hear, you know, the diversity of their backgrounds and where they came from and how they, since we're in California, ended up here. But oh, that would have been so wonderful. I'm so glad that you get to do that with some seniors and, and bring them in. That's good. That's so powerful. Yeah, I'm just going to say this, you know, for whoever might be listening is that I've mentioned that now a couple of times in different groups and people, people from, you know, all over the United States have said, well, we have senior living facilities here, you know, so, so the way this works is, you know, people can go to my website, they can connect with me. And I, you know, I give out the, the loom kits for free. I just ask for a little help with the shipping, but there's tutorial videos. I mean, it's something that anyone anywhere can do, right, Libby? It's the easiest. Yeah, it's easy. It's so easy. Uh, Just have to find, you know, some weaving material. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always looking for community coordinators. So if there's anybody listening who does events for any group, any women's group, any men's group, kids group, anything that they think this project might be valuable for, just come to the website and let's connect. So my goal was a thousand women from around the world, a thousand voices from around the world, which actually there's two panels here. And right now I'm up to, I think, maybe 12 panels, which means that the tapestry is, I don't know, it's getting to be almost 50 feet long. Oh, my goodness. Uh, (laughs) And it's really pretty tremendous. So after, you know, we get things start opening up, I'll be looking for more places for it to be exhibited. Yeah. Yeah. How many women do you have? as of now Um, well if by by november when we finish up it'll be i think a little over 700 are you getting close oh my yeah and when you think about it that's every you know how long it took you libby that's 700 people who took the time to think about their story to weave and it takes hours right yeah a couple hours not Uh, not like a tremendous amount of time Well, Kendra, you need to send me your address and I'll send you a, a little kit and we can get your voice included in yes. this. Yes. I would absolutely love to. I love doing like any kind of crafting or something like I crochet and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Stuff, okay, I'm good. Really well, we'll get yeah. you, we'll get you included. Okay. Yeah. So um, right now there's a story class from all over the United States, from Canada, from Australia, 
from Bulgaria, from Iran, mm -hmm. Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've got some partners now in New Zealand, Germany, and France. So, wow. And England, and England. So, you know, I just drop these little pebbles in the pond and then it just kind of goes out and goes out and just word of mouth. But the feedback that I get back just makes my heart so happy. And I'm so honored. I get to hold everyone's story in my hand when I stitch them together. Yeah. It's such a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's a huge project. And I mean, I just, it's wonderful what you're doing. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you touched a little bit on getting to do some stuff that were like some cool projects and stuff that you've got to be a part of and places that you've gotten to show your tapestry. Are there any other like really cool things that you've gotten to do since starting the, the whole project? Well, let me think. I've, uh, the ultimate coolness for me really was to be a part of the Commission on the Status for Women and Girls. Yeah, that, that was what I'd really set my sights on. Although now I'm setting my sights. I was thinking I just need to get a hold of Kamala Harris and let her share the project, and we can bring it up to the White House. So yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so that's a, that's a future thing that hasn't happened yet, but. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've been to, you know, I, I've done workshops with women veterans. That was really, you know, touched my heart because they used it as an opportunity really to just tap into their joy. And although we didn't really, you know, it was, I'm not a therapist, so we didn't, you know, get into, they all shared that they had experienced traumatic things mm -hmm. in their military service, but they wanted to do this project to really focus on the happy things in their life and their children and their um, their accomplishments. And so that was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I also did a workshop with young teenagers in San Diego who are a part of a program that focuses on young people who are really vulnerable and at risk for sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And so I got to meet with those young people and do and just hear their stories and um, that was really interesting and beautiful and I've also taken the tapestry to a class for men who are veterans and it was really great to have them just see the see the tapestry and uh, learn about the project and I thought that was really great yeah that's really cool yeah, that's so cool I know you mentioned like you've gotten to hear a lot of these stories and be a part of holding the stories in your hand. Uh -huh. I think it's just like so powerful. If you can, is there a story or two that you would feel comfortable sharing with us and the listeners? Yeah, sure. So let me just say that people can submit their story on my website and um, they can also just write it. There's a form you can download and you know, write your story and send it to me. You can write it on people who have sent it to me on the backs of index cards or, you know, just, I mean, it, it, there's no limit to anything, you know, anything you want to share. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, you know, people, I always ask people for the choice of whether they want it to be shared or not. And so one, you know, one thing is that some people have sent me stories and said, no, I don't want you to share this with anyone, but I, I feel like they had the opportunity to write it out and to share it. And even if it's just shared with me and, you know, and then I, whatever it gets put away, it, it, I hope that that experience for them 
was a part of their healing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's one story that I, I kind of tell repeatedly, but I think it's because it's my favorite story. So I might as well tell it again. And um, it's, it, it's actually in this, um, in this panel of the tapestry, uh, one of the first people who participated in the project was an 85-year-old woman. And she had been in an abusive relationship, which she was able to get out of, but she was actually physically abused. And so she was leaving her story cloth and she said, I'm not going to write anything, you know, I'm just going to do the weaving. She did the weaving. And uh, when she finished it, she said, you know, when I was weaving, I, I thought about my life. I always thought about you know, I had good things and bad things in my life. She said, but when I was weaving, I, I kind of thought maybe of it as differently as ups and downs, which is I was kind of getting in the rhythm of the, the weaving. And I was like, well, you know, there were some ups and there were some downs. And uh, she said then she, when she completed the whole weaving, she thought to herself, you know, I'm a strong woman. And she said, Grisha, I have never thought that before. 85 years old. Wow. And so that's one of my favorite stories to share. She, she was able to just take the time to just think about how much she's really been through and, and the challenges that she's met and that the strength that she's found in herself. So honestly, if that was, if that was the whole project and the project would be just over after that, because yeah. if one person at 85 could say, wow, I, I'm I'm a strong woman. I, I feel like that's that's pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, oh, I love that story so much. It like makes me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I, I I could see through through and I now I'm like really excited to do mine, but I could see through doing your weaving the growth journey that you get to re-experience as you think about the story of your life and reflecting and understanding and like self-compassion that can also come out of like what you've been through if you have experienced you know negative things or you know hardships and what you've accomplished and all of that can come out of that and that's really just so wonderful Mm -hmm. I agree I'll just share one other really quick story because in this panel there's a whole section that have these little tags on them and they say this Cloth has been woven and made with love by Team BPW, and it's dedicated to the memory of Brooke Powers Wilson. And I shared the project with a group, and one of the people in the group, her she had just lost her 22-year-old daughter to cancer. And so she got kits for all of her friends. Uh, I think there was about 16 of them. And she asked them to just weave their story cloths to add to the tapestry in honor of Brooke as a part of her her healing process mm-hmm. and I just thought that was so beautiful you know to invite her friends to just think about their life stories think about their strengths and then to add their voice to the tapestry I'm you know I'm just kind of chokes me up a little bit right now you know but I just thought that was a very beautiful thing to do mm-hmm. yeah wow. I love I oh have tears that's beautiful it is beautiful and just a sense of community and you know getting so many people to do that for you I think is just Mm -hmm. you know and I think about my community or my the women that I included on my tapestry so my tapestry I also added little 
charms to it to represent all the important women in my life. And I guess I did that a few years ago, or it was probably a year and a half or two years ago. And so now I'm like, I could probably add more charms to it because now I've got Kendra and, you know, like other people in my life that, that mean a lot to me, but, you know, thinking about that kind of who's there for you when you need somebody and who are you there for when they need you. And I think that's just so important to me to, to foster that sense of family and and unity with other Mm -hmm. people. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. I love that. And that's actually one of the questions that I have in my writing prompts is who, you know, who supports you? Who are your, who are your people? Who, who, who do you surround yourself with and who helps you and loves you? And it's really beautiful. So I'm so happy that your voice is included Libby. And, you know, when you were talking, when you just said that, I do want to just say, I mean, some people have said, oh, this is like too daunting. I can't weave the story of my life. We have hundreds of stories. I mean, every I'm from this morning till now, you have, you know, you probably have had stories, right? So, so it's not supposed to be the definitive thing necessarily. You you get to just pick, but people do do more than one. You know, a couple of people have said, Oh, I I did one then and now I want to do another one now. <laughs> okay, great. You know, that's the whole idea is that not only does the participant, you know, have a an experience that's worth having, but then the tapestry itself raises awareness and focuses on compassion and the partnership for a safe and sacred now. So mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'm curious, Risha, are there any challenges that you faced in doing the project or I don't know, just getting together women and men to be a part of it or? Anything well, like the pandemic, I, I thought was, you know, a pretty big challenge. But in yeah. fact, see, that just that just flipped completely around because, I mean, I have set the tapestry up in my my living room dozens and dozens and dozens of times in this last year to share. So I've, I've been able to share with groups that I, you know, I wouldn't have even been able to share with. So that's kind of like a, a challenge that actually became a, a really plus because I've been able to share so much with people. I have been looking for a little bit of funding because I, I think this is basically my job. This is what I do. So I physically, literally stitch them together with a little needle and thread and then, you know, do the crocheting at the top and add on the fringe. And so funding is a little bit of, a, of a, an issue um, mm-hmm. because the whole project is self-funded and people have been very, very kind and donated. I do have a donate button on my website that's been great. And I've applied for a couple of grants. Well, um, here's hoping that you get those grants. Yeah. I think this is such an amazing thing. And, and we know the power of story is so important. And we talk about a lot on the show, how important it is. And I just want to see it continue and, and grow. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, people ask me all the time, you know, oh, is it is it too late to join in? I was like, no, no, it's ongoing. It's ongoing. And I've even thought to myself, well, I, you know, I almost thought a thousand sounded like a, a huge number, you know? <laughs> but now that I'm almost approaching a thousand, I was like, well, maybe I'd, maybe this, I'd just continue it and continue it and continue it. It would be great. You know, somebody once said, oh, maybe you could do something like wrap the white house, you know, with the whole entire thing, or I would, I would love for it to be exhibited internationally. And again, the pandemic kind of offered up this wonderful opportunity because 
the people who I'm connecting with in other countries at first, I was like, Oh, how's this going to work? Like, would you have to like mail these things to me or how would I ever ship this? Because it's, you know, it all weighs a ton. (laughs) And then we came upon the idea that if, if my coordinator in Canada collects 25 of them and stitches them together, she'd have a panel. And if, you know, somebody in France coordinated enough to have a panel and somebody in Germany, we could actually do an exhibit where we, we would all go on to Zoom and the tapestry would really be um, all, you know, in all those places at one time, we could do a, a virtual exhibit. So oh, I wow. love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I can't I'm wait. Like, That's going to be so cool. I'm cheesing over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just sounds so wonderful. And just to think of like, then the tapestry really is living, you know, it's just, it's all over and it's, Mm -hmm. it's really embracing all of us. And I think that that is, oh, I can't wait. I can't Mm -hmm. wait till that happens. You know, at any point in time, one panel could travel to peace museums or various different, you know, universities, or they could all be in different places around the world. Mm -hmm. Obviously the impact is when it's all together, (laughs) when it's all together, it's just, amazing it just hums you know it's just vibrates yeah oh I could just see like and then eventually send the panels from those other countries and yeah display it at the White House yeah, yeah. you know yes. I think Kamala needs to hear about this yeah a huge opportunity absolutely yeah oh perfect well, it's great chatting with you guys I know we have two final questions for you that we ask everybody Mm-hmm. So the first question is, what are you currently reading? Oh, all right. Well, I just finished with My Grandmother's Hands, which I really love. And then I just joined the Unity Church was doing anti-racism ally workshop. And it's all based on uncomfortable conversations with a black man, which oh, I just such like. a good book. Uh, book club at USD did as well. And I yeah. have that one. So, so I just bought that yesterday. So I'm just hopping from one to the other. So that's, that's what I'll be reading now. Awesome. That's such a great book. I think you're going to love it. Yeah. That is a great book. Yeah. And then our last question is how are you currently practicing self-care? Oh, that's such a great question. Well, you know, we started the whole thing out saying that I, my water heater was out, but I do have a little um, jacuzzi spa in my backyard. And so I hop in the hot water in the morning and I try to get in every night and look at the moon and the stars. Oh, nice. And it's, that's really, that's just one of my favorite things in the whole world is just to look out and be able to see the night sky. And here's one other thing. We have these birds who are nesting. And I I honestly, you know, I am a senior citizen. And now I realize, like, you know, you don't even pay attention to birds until you're old. And then (laughs) this little nesting pair of parents, they we watch them build their nest in the backyard. And now the babies have hatched and they're in there feeding them worms. And it's like, this is this is my self-care. I just go to the window and watch, watch them go in and out of the nest and just go, wow, life is amazing. (laughs) Awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah, I love birds. Maybe I'm a senior citizen at heart. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just feel like you know, there's birds all over. But when you you know, when you're living your life, you just don't pay attention to them. And uh, that's it's, true. It's mm-hmm. Nice to be able to slow down and go. Oh, look, they're building their nest. Huh? <laughs> 
Oh, well, Brisha, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show. We yeah. really, this was such a, for me, I mean, I got so much out of this episode selfishly, so I'm sure other people will too. Yeah, same. Absolutely. This is awesome. I keep up the good work. And congratulations, both of you, for thank you moving forward professionally. Thank you. The, the podcast will continue. Yeah. 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 Well, again, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And then before we end our show, can you just go ahead one more time and drop if people want to get in contact with you, become a part of the tapestry, or just help support you where they can follow you? Yes, it's simply www.womenswovenvoices.com. Perfect. All there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. New episodes drop every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To join the conversation and be part of the community, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at USDCLA or email us at theadjacentself at sandiego.edu. We can't wait to hear from you.